0: Help I Got a Mac, podcast episode number 52. everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And hey, my name is Chris Biting. And Chris, welcome back to the show. We have another wonderful, full episode of wonderful content brought to you by none other than the gspn.tv community and all of their questions and comments and feedback.
1: I know, man. It's like we went to the Mac buffet and our plate is just overflowing with all sorts of good questions and nuggets and, and a couple dinner rolls.
0: This is correct, and and not to mention the wonderful dessert that we will have after we're already stuffed to the gill.
1: Are we getting pudding?
0: I think Please so. It's pudding. Banana pudding oh. with those little vanilla wafers, even.
1: Oh, those vanilla wafers are awesome,
0: especially when they're all soggy and they've soaked up all the moisture out of the pumpkin pudding. That's good <sighs> stuff, man. Now it I'm is. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this but on monday nights since we start at seven and because of some of the other scheduling things going on with the kids and running here and there i don't have dinner until after help i got a mac
1: the same thing man i, I don't eat until i i get done with the show too <laughs> i consider it kind of like my reward for doing a show because if i ate beforehand i'd probably be all sleepy and not want to do the show
0: there you go so that's what it is Exactly. So, hey, Chris, we always like to sh- start the show off by, t- well, we, we should be starting the show off by telling people who we are, what we do. What is this podcast?
1: This podcast is devoted to the new Mac user or, or someone who just, you know, just got a Mac or thinking about getting a Mac or want a little bit of a refresher course on their Mac. Uh, we go over a lot of user feedback. Uh, we also talk about a little bit of Apple News and we also talk about uh, the things that we're doing uh, with our Macs at the present time.
0: Exactly. And of course, we, t- we also t- uh, th- toss in there just a ton of iPhone stuff because, well, this, th- this little device in our pockets is just so amazing.
1: It is. It's made of magic and unicorns.
0: I think so. So oh. let's see. Uh, what do we have as far as news before we get into this feedback awesomeness?
1: Sure. Uh, the first thing is Apple releases firmware today, just like an hour ago, that fixes the trackpad problem that people were having on new MacBooks and MacBook Pros. Uh, what was happening is, you know, that new, the new MacBook has that new glass trackpad. Yeah. And what was happening is it wasn't registering clicks properly. And a lot of people have been complaining about it, and Apple finally addressed it today with a firmware update.
0: That's amazing. So, so a, a registering of a click was actually a software issue and not a hardware issue? could be hardware if it's firmware if it's a
1: firmware update it could change like the hardware how it talks to the uh to the okay to the, you know the mechanism inside the trackpad
0: gotcha gotcha well that's good to hear i'm glad that they have a fix for that and i'm hoping that uh we'll hear a lot of results from people who have the brand new macbooks that says that that fixed it for them
1: yeah i'm seeing some stuff on twitter i haven't seen anything as far as you know, hey, this fixed my problem or anything, but a lot of people are saying you know, they're relieved that, that the fix came down. Yeah. So uh, the next thing is uh, Mac OS 10.5.6, which is another point release, an update to the system, which is 10.5.5. 5. Uh, could be out as early as Friday. They just released uh, the la- the latest beta build last week with no issues. And the ones that they were releasing before had issues with mobile me and things like that. So they've been addressing a lot of that kind of issue. And uh, hopefully it could be out Friday, if not probably next week or two.
0: So, okay, because here, here's the thing. All right. On the Windows side of things, we always had, you know, basically you had your, you had, well, I guess we would have uh, Windows XP. And then you have Service Pack 1. But before, between Windows XP and Service Pack 1, you always had these Tuesday releases of security patches and all this other suggested updates. And then you had your critical updates. And then, you know, they pretty much roll everything into Service Pack 1. And then, you know, you go back to your regular updates every now and then. Um, How does this relate to these OS X 10.5 point whatevers?
1: Well. yeah, the, these point releases are kind of like mini-service. I, I would say they're, they're somewhere in between those Tuesday updates and a service pack. Um, a lot of times what Apple does is they'll release critical security updates you know, on a monthly basis or so when they come up. Not a whole lot of security updates come up like Windows just because the, the sheer number of people using Windows and banging on it. Uh, but the point releases generally contain a lot of driver updates and things like that. So they're, they're very significant and um you know it really this is about the time when, when OS 10. point whatever because the way it works is OS 10 is the operating system then the the point after that is the the major releases you know 10.1 10.2 10.3 and so on we're at 10.5 right now See, and then the point releases that happen after that are just kind of tweaks and upgrades to that to that major point release
0: he, here's here's what i'm wondering and and i'm going to play the role of a of a of a possible mac switcher Sure. And and you know I've been a, I've been in the Mac community now long enough for just over a year and a couple months that I understand this stuff now but I just want to just say that we gave vista I mean before vista came out I mean vista has enough issues of its own without us needing anything to to pull out point out anything wrong with it but before we knew vista sucked as bad as, bad as it does um And as bad as it did, before it came out, when they started to announce Vista was coming and that they were going to have Vista Home, Vista, I mean, sorry, Vista Home Basic, Vista Home Premium, Vista Premium Plus, I mean, there were like six or seven different options and flavors of Vista. And, and I must say that, you know, and, and I heard a lot from the Mac community, you know, you've got all these people saying, well, you know, this is horrible. Who, who's going to know what to get? At least with a Mac, you go and you get this. And I remember getting my Mac and I, I remember starting using some software and I was going, I was all excited. I thought everybody should be using the same software I'm using because it's totally awesome. And I've got my friend telling me that he's only on 10, he's on OS X 10.5 or point four point something and he says he's got panther but i have um tiger and then all of a sudden there's this leopard coming out i will tell it it, it's just as confusing i mean not to you and i chris obviously because we've been around it but do you see how that can be confusing to people it's kind of confusing i the way they do it though it's just you
1: know every sunday it it tells you hey there's an update or you know it'll run software update just to see if there's any updates I don't think it's that confusing, just because there's a piece of software built in the operating system that kind of keeps track of it for you.
0: No, I understand that. I understand that, but I'm talking about like, what if if I was a brand new Mac user and uh, I was browsing some sites looking for some brand new software, and it says, "I'm sorry, um, you, just just so you know, this does not this is not yet going to work on the Leopard oper- operating system. Uh, it only works up through the Tiger OS X." I haven't seen any that have been like that. Have you? I, I've come across it you know, here and there. It's, it's, I mean, the, the only one I can think of that, that may do it
1: you know, right when it came out was something like Pro Tools. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously, if you're using something like, like that, you're probably more than just like my mom. Right. You know what I mean? Who would just buy a computer and not worry about it. I think for a majority of the people, something like that isn't going to be as big of a deal as maybe something won't run if you don't have the latest version.
0: Yeah, well, here here's the question I have, though. Why why the numbers and the names? Why can't they just choose one or the other? See, I can definitely understand, you know, it, I, I understood, you know, Windows 98, Windows ME, Windows 2000, Windows XP, Windows Vista, you know, and, and I can understand Mac... Um I I can understand panther and then I understand tech, tiger and then I understand there's leopard but but with with the mac there's not only just they don't it, it's it's interchangeable it's like 10.5 is leopard right but 10.4 right. is tiger 10.3 is something else. It's, it's like give us one or the other is is what I'm suggesting
1: Well I think what happened was is that these were the internal code names for the software and it just it just everybody just started calling it that and it, it kind of sounded cool. Yeah. But, you know, but behind like Windows XP and, and Windows Vista and even Windows 7, Windows 7 is actually Windows 6.1. Right. So all these point releases really do exist even on the Windows side. And you know Linux but, like but, Ubuntu's but, 8.03 or something like that, you know.
0: But you never hear them call it by that number, except it, like they're of course they're going to prove us wrong and do Windows Seven. But as you said, yeah. it's not it's not technically number seven. It, yeah, the, but the they're Mac, not going to call it number seven and something else.
1: Yeah, Mac has just always been that way. Back in the legacy OSs, OS nine and eight, it was always you know nine point two point three nine point. Three point four, you know, it's just it's just how they've always done it. I don't know why they they switch back and forth between Leopard, Tiger, ten point five, ten point four. That that vernacular. It's the, the the official the official title of the operating system is Mac OS ten point five Leopard.
0: See, and 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 Mac OSn OS X ten point five makes sense. But then when you throw Leopard in there, you know, it, it, when you dis- when you disassociate Leopard from also the number, all of a sudden you come across and, 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 and for example, if I were a brand new Mac user and it says, you know, um, and I happen to know because I went to the store, they told me that I'm running the Leopard operating system. Mm. And then all of a sudden I go to a site that says, do not download this unless you're absolutely certain that you have 10.5.2 or greater. Yeah. You see what I'm saying?
1: Oh, yeah, I understand.
0: And and, and I'm just, you know, I, I guess what I'm getting at here, and I'm taking this from the switcher standpoint, is that, you know, Mac's not always as uncomplicated as, as everybody promises. There are some things in there. So I, I guess the, the thing to remember, and, and I guess, and I'm kind of just playing devil's advocate because I already know the answer. But Yeah, well, I, I think someone
1: like my mom just doesn't, she's not even going to. She doesn't even know how to run. She just knows she has a Mac.
0: You know what right. I mean? Right. <clears throat> so <laughs> somebody says uh, Mac OS X ten uh, point six is going to be Panda.
1: Actually, it's going to be Snow Leopard.
0: Yes, exactly. So it's, you've got Leopard, then you have Snow Leopard. Wonderful yeah. stuff, Apple. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm just you know what if it was if,
1: if it was all cut and dry we wouldn't have a we wouldn't have our cool jobs doing this
0: that's correct and so for everybody out there 10.5 point anything is leopard 10.4 point anything was the operating system before this one which is tiger 10.3 point anything was panther and of course 10.6 once it once we eventually get to 10.6 will be not leopard but snow leopard and yeah just in case yeah, t- you wanted to know
1: 10.1 was cheetah was yeah, it 10, yeah 10.2 10. was jaguar
0: see so. the, the panther I, I never even saw a panther system uh and t- t- <laughs> tiger was my first operating system and you know what i i liked it and um you know i i upgraded the leopard but honestly yeah you know it it, it I do everything pretty much the same as I did back in the day. I got really excited about Spaces for a while, and then I got bored with it.
1: Yeah, I don't use any of the real new features, to be quite honest with you.
0: And I I did format an external drive for use with uh, Time Machine, but I haven't got around to plugging it in yet. (laughs) Anyway, anything else else going on uh, with uh, news? Yes,
1: Apple discontinues the 23-inch display today.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, so, it's going the way of the Dodo, so get it now. Go, and, uh, go to the refurb site. They'll probably start slashing the prices. I think you can get it for like 700 bucks, which, you know, it, you can still buy a Dell cheaper than that.
0: So this was just an external display, like a cinema display. Is that what that is?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the 24 inch display is coming out any day now.
0: So you th- is there a big difference between a one, one inch of a display? I don't know. I don't either.
1: <laughs> the new one's got like a, it's got a MagSafe connector and things like that for the laptops. So,
0: for the uh, i for the laptops. So, so, so tell me why why is that important?
1: Well, the thought is uh, you don't you, you Let's say I have my let's say I, at work I have a twenty the new twenty four inch display right. Yeah. I have it all plugged into the wall and all sorts of good stuff. When I pull my laptop out of the bag, I don't have to pull out the AC adapter. I just plug in the MagSafe connector to the oh. monitor.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: see, it's pretty cool now.
0: <laughs> well, is I mean, is it? I mean, you got a. It's a cable that dangles off the back end. Then,
1: I think so. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. So,
0: hmm. anyway, all right. So, what? What about Safari crashing? What's going on that? With that, uh, I guess
1: uh, 3.2 was released. I haven't downloaded it yet. What is and, Safari, uh,
0: by the way? Just so people know.
1: Sure. Safari is Apple's built-in web browser, much like Internet Explorer. It comes with Windows. Uh, Safari comes with the Mac. And, uh, of course, I recommend to download Firefox.
0: Absolutely. At,
1: at, at, fi- at getfirefox.com. But uh, the new Safari uh, 3.2 release, I'm going to read this. This is from uh, maccnn.com, or maccnn.com. Okay. Uh, Safari's, uh, 3.2 release may be causing more problems that, than are solved for some users. Uh, the browser said to be crashing frequently in some cases with at least some incidences being preceded by the beach ball loading icon, which all of us have seen beach ball. If you're new to Mac, is a lot like the hourglass on a windows machine. hmm And, uh, the thought may it may be connected to Apple's new anti-phishing safeguards or, uh, you know, third-party extensions. And uh, the thing is that the Safari does have a brand-new version of the WebKit, which the WebKit engine is, is think of like the engine on your car. That, that's what renders all the websites and makes them, you know, displayed on the screen. So it's using a new version of that, which may be causing some issues. But I'm sure Apple will post a, 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 an update to Safari shortly.
0: Gotcha. And, and, and like Chris said, get Firefox.com, G-E-T, firefox.com. Don't even waste your time with Safari. That's my own personal opinion. Public service <laughs> I sw- announcement.
1: I switch back and forth, but I, but I do find myself using Firefox. If for anything, the plugins I really like. I don't use a whole lot of them. Uh-huh. The plugins are just little add-ons that you can put. Uh, you know, I use the the weather... Uh, there's like a little weather one you can get that you know displays the weather in the lower bar. Um, I use another one called Screen Grab, which allows you to grab screenshots, and I use that for my job. And actually, my company ShareThis.com has a plugin that you can install on your browser to use our our tool anywhere on the internet, which is cool too. So
0: cool. And and as far as uh, if you guys are out there looking for a Firefox extension, for those of you who are switchers, but you're not completely switching to the Mac, you're you're just uh, getting a Mac and you're going to be going back and forth between two machines, PC and Mac, I definitely highly suggest... Oh, and and even for those who are going strictly to Mac but are going to install uh, Windows XP in either Parallels or using Boot Camp. And if you don't know what those terms mean, call us, ask us on the voicemail line to answer the question, and we'll tell you what they are. But anyway, if you're going to be running your Windows XP on your Mac Intel-based system, uh, and you have Firefox installed on both, I definitely suggest that you get Foxmarks. And it is a it is basically a bookmarking synchronization tool that is simply uh, outstanding. I'll tell you what, it has revolutionized my life. And being one that actually, I'm the type of person, I, I am on five different computers consistently. And Everywhere I go, I have the same bookmarks consistently synchronized, and it's beautiful. That is cool. It's amazing because a lot of my computing is all done via web services, Google Documents, forums, and and to so many other online places and here at the house between all of our systems i have one drive uh that is on the network it's a networked drive called media drive and i pretty much have everything synchronized or store onto the media drive so and, you know I'm, I'm pretty much it doesn't matter to me if it's a mac or a pc anymore or a linux machine or whatever bos yeah bos whatever that is <laughs>
1: uh that's 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 a story for another time my friend it is that could have been that could have been mac os 10
0: but all right so uh any more news
1: uh that is all that's happening in the world of mac right now we're patiently waiting for the 2.2 iphone update which is rumored to be in the next 10 days or so but uh, i wouldn't hold my breath gotcha
0: all right, well, we do have a lot, and I do mean a lot, of voice feedback. Some questions in the forum were posed. we got lots of great stuff. So uh, let's start Let's start off with uh, a brand a relatively new uh, member of our community, and her name is Kylie Mack, and we have a voicemail coming all the way to us from France. LaFranc. Hi, Cliff.
2: This is... Kylie, once again, calling from Paris, France, and the Katie and Kylie Mac podcast. Today's question is for, help, I got a Mac. I have now made the emotional commitment to get one of the new MacBooks, thanks to episode 51 of, help, I've got a Mac. But today's question has to do with the difference between iWork 08 and Microsoft Office 08. Is there any advantage to one or the other? Previously, I've gone with the the Mac options themselves. But now that I'm in an academic environment, I'm leaning toward what other people are going to be familiar with, which is Microsoft Office, because not everyone can be part of the fabulous Mac world. Some people can't make that leap yet. But I'm, I'm still debating. So I'm looking for um, pros and cons or any... Comments that you or any of the other listeners might have. Thanks so much. Bye.
0: Well, the good news is that we have Kylie in the chat room with us, uh, Chris, so therefore we're going to be able to get any kind of clarification that we might need. The the question I have before we approach the difference between using uh, Microsoft Office on the Mac and uh, the iWork solution, my question is... What is the primary use of this software? And so I'm going to ask a couple questions, and that way she can respond to them in the chat room. And then we can, before while we're waiting for some answers to these, we can go ahead and talk about some of the just the general differences. So the question is: Are you going to be using them for presentations, like to do uh, PowerPoint presentations? Are you going to be doing spreadsheets? um and if so uh what kind of spreadsheets are you going to be doing or if you're going to be doing kind of like are you going to be doing book reports and stuff like that that has to be uh everything else so here is the skinny of this chris what's the price on uh microsoft office two point or 2008 or whatever is out there now
1: it depends there's a couple different SKUs you can get um the Ultimate Super Deluxe Edition. I think it's about $400. Okay. And then you can get uh, the Student Teacher Edition, which is about $130, $150. Uh, the big difference between the two is the licensing agreement. Uh, you have to be a student or a teacher to use the Student Teacher Edition, obviously. And you can install it on 3Macs at one time. The, uh, the normal one, you have to be you know, just a regular Joe, and you can only install it on one machine.
0: And how much is that one, regular Joe?
1: Uh, it's like 400 bucks.
0: Okay. And student one is how, about how much? About 150. Okay. Okay.
1: This is US dollars, not not uh euros. Now, uh iWork here in the states is $79. Mhm. And it comes with a word processing program uh called Pages, which is equivalent, you know, as far as, you know, what they do to uh Microsoft Word. It comes with a presentation program called Keynote, which is equivalent to PowerPoint. And it comes with something called Numbers, which is an, a spreadsheet kind of like Excel. Uh, Office does come with a, an email program that's a little bit like Outlook if you've used that on Windows, called uh, Entourage.
0: Okay. So, so there, the, I mean, the price difference. I mean, obviously, iWork is a bit cheaper. As far as mm-hmm. compatibility, here here are some of the things that, that I'm the only thing I would concern myself with. She she did say that um, in her voicemail that she wanted to use something that everybody else was used to using. The problem with that is is that okay, everybody the standard might be Microsoft Office, but the truth is I'm still using Office XP.
1: Well, the truth is is when a format that everybody's using, she means a .doc file or a .xls file for Excel, or a .ppt for PowerPoint. All those things can be exported out of iWork without any problem. And they can be imported. So if someone writes a document in Word or someone writes something in Excel or PowerPoint, those programs can read them without really any problem.
0: Right. So, it, exactly. And so, um, I just recently used uh, iWork08 for the first time in like forever to create the gspn.tv newsletter, which by the way, if anybody wants to see it, you can go to gspn.tv slash list. And if you did not get one in your email inbox, then you're not on the list. And when you're <laughs> at gspn.tv slash list, you want to follow the instructions to get on it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I first time in a long time that I even opened up Ages, And I loved it. There was a template in there for a newsletter. I kind of tweaked it for my own little purposes and created a, a neat little document to update people in the gspn.tv community, some of the things that are going on around here and um a couple things is it, like you said i was able to export it as a word document and i wanted to kind of take a look and see what that looked like and so when i did i saved it to my media drive then went over to my pc and opened it up in um microsoft office 2. 7, or 2007 or xp or whatever it is and um it didn't look the same the, uh, some yeah. of the some of the masking tools there are some there are some advanced Graphical options in oh, yeah. iWork that just make things look beautiful, which don't necessarily look that great on the PC side. Not on the PC, but on the Microsoft Office side of things. So yeah. there are some advanced graphical tools. Now, here thing is
1: the thing: is though, if you're if you're doing you know that kind of thing, you're probably not going to want anybody else to edit it. Exactly. So I would, You know, you could save it out as a PDF.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say next. Is that I, what I did? Is I released that and I exported it as a high quality PDF document. So once I'm completely finished with it, it goes out, and PDF is is pretty much universal. I don't know anybody that can't open a PDF document these days by default. And if they can't, there's a ton of programs out there that'll allow them to open it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if you're gonna be doing presentations, seriously, PowerPoint is a joke. Yeah. Keynote is is so cool. And it the it can read like PowerPoint files natively and or PowerPoint, uh, Photoshop files natively and it recognizes alpha channels and stuff. If you want to give your presentation a sparkle, if you wanna be like Steve Jobs, you're gonna use Keynote. Yeah. Uh, as far as pages, pages works okay. And you know what, I was using uh, numbers uh, this weekend. Uh, doing a document, and I really, really like it. Now, if you're going to be using things like pivot tables and all sorts of crazy stuff and formulas and and things like that, where you know you're going to put a value in and it changes like 33 fields behind it, I would probably recommend using Excel just because it's it's a lot more robust, it's more mature, it's been around for a while. But I would say for 99.99% of the users out there. Who, who would be using Excel numbers is going to do exactly what you want
0: yeah the the only thing is is and, and again I'll, I'll caution you it, it when somebody sends you a Word document that they created and they send it over to you while pages will import it and open it it may not look and it may not be formatted exactly the way they formatted it so that that's the only drawback. It, it, they, it's just not completely one hundred percent the same. But the thing is, is as I can't imagine what you know what all's changed. I, I know the interface of of Office two thousand eight with the whole getting rid of the menu system and going to a ribbon. I mean, I, I haven't even used it, but even the sound of it just annoys the crap out of me. <laughs>
1: it's not it's not too bad. I I use uh, I have Office two thousand eight. I use it all the time. But, you know, I don't use PowerPoint in it. I, I use Word just because it's what I'm most familiar with. And, you know, Pages, I haven't used Pages enough for me to say, okay, I, this is what I'm going to use. Um, I mean, if you can get the student teacher edition, it probably doesn't hurt to get it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Um, and, of course, don't forget there's always Google Documents, too, which obviously, you know, will open up some doc files and will export as doc files. Now, the the functionality and feature set of of Google Documents is sorely lacking. But hey, you know what? I remember using WordStar on DOS five point
1: uh, Adobe's also got uh, their own word processor too.
0: Yeah, which one's yeah. that one? It's 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 web based. It's a lot like Google Docs only it's just prettier. Yeah, well, very cool. And of course, uh, you know, Neo Office, Open Office, there's a bunch of other stuff. But, but, uh, but yeah, I, my, my suggestion, if you're a student and you can get the student discount, go ahead and, and, and if the school's already using Office, go ahead and get the Office suite. But as far as the differences, that those hopefully will answer your question as to some of the uniqueness between the two. Mm-hmm. All righty. Let's move on to John in Houston, Texas.
3: Hey, Cliff, this is John from Houston, Texas. I'm calling about um, the Help I Got a Mac podcast. i um, calling regarding routers. I have a, uh, a Linksys router that is um, great for my PC, but is giving me problems for my uh, wife's um, MacBook. And we are looking at possibly getting one of um, Apple's routers um, to connect to our uh, modem, but um, wanted to look at what wireless routers you thought were were the best. I know there's three different types that that, just, that Apple has out right now, and just kind of want you and um, Chris's recommendation for what's probably the best one. We're just a um, just a family of two computers. Mine's a PC that's about to go out, and I'm eventually going to get an Apple. And my wife is, of course, the MacBook Pro that I mentioned earlier. Um, Thanks, I
0: enjoy your show, and um, have a great day. All righty. I certainly am familiar with the incompatibility between having uh, both a Windows uh, wireless computer and a Mac computer on the same network using a Linksys router. It is a nightmare, and I certainly have about three months worth of documentation in the forum on that exact topic. And mm-hmm. so d- I will tell you, your problems will be 100% solved by getting an, an Apple router. There's no question.
1: So Yeah, I we I think we both have airports. So you've got the big airport, and I've got an airport. Do, do you have an Airport Express or an Airport Extreme? I have the Extreme. Okay, I've got the Express, and they both work great. Um, so the, the, you know, the, the Express is a little cheaper.
0: The Express is cheaper. Let's talk about some prices, and then let's talk about the differences. And sure. what, what they offer. So uh approximate price of the express is uh
1: ninety nine dollars, I think. Hold on. I'm actually pulling it up right now. Uh and, yeah, the Air, the airport express is ninety nine dollars. And, and is the that, airport
0: is that ahead. an is that an N router? It is an N router. Okay, go ahead.
1: And the airport extreme base station is one hundred seventy nine.
0: Okay, one seventy nine. And then there's the time capsule thing, right? Right time capsule is basically an airport extreme
1: base station with either a five hundred gig hard drive in it or a one terabyte gig hard or one terabyte gig one terabyte hard drive in it and what's and the, uh, the cheaper pri- one sure uh, the prices for the five hundred gigabyte is two ninety nine and the one terabyte is four ninety nine
0: okay and here here's my suggestion uh, let's go ahead and just toss the time capsule right out of the equation for you because okay. my my own personal opinion is if you want the uh, the fun- the wireless functionality of time machine and the time capsule uh they upgraded the firmware of the Airport Extreme to be able to allow you to use a uh, any USB um external drive as your drive that you can use for that now here's the thing i don't know i if somebody else is out there and they're using wireless Back up to a, an external drive using this wireless stuff. I, I have heard some people say that they're doing it, and it just literally took forever for the original. And it's not mm-hmm. so bad with the update. But if you can, if you can plug that thing in every now and then, and and let it do it locally, that's better. But for the feature and functionality, there's really no difference in using an external drive with the Airport Extreme and having the Airport. Um, Uh, time capsule and the thing is is that the time capsule these routers last a long time hard drives however unfortunately do not yeah and so my my feeling is why wrap two pieces of equipment into one whereas you know if, if all of a sudden one or the other goes out you kind of tossing both out. It's kind of like, you know, what if the router goes bad, and then all of a sudden your hard drive's still good, or what if the hard drive goes bad, but your router's still good? I I just don't like that. And you can get cheaper, you can get much cheaper memory than than the cost difference between the two.
1: Yeah, and and the difference between the uh, the the Airport Express and the Airport Extreme, uh, besides eighty dollars, is the ability to hook up the hard drive to the back of it. Uh, and you can also, you know, if you have a desktop that's going to be right near where your where your Linksys was, you can also hook up, uh, I think a couple, it comes with a couple Ethernet ports. It comes with uh, three Ethernet ports. You can hook up local devices if you have... You know, computers there or, you know, like an Xbox or PlayStation 3 or something where you need, you know, the little hub action. Uh, the Airport Express doesn't offer any of that. What it does have, it does have a USB port, but that's only for printers. So you can have, you can hang a, a printer off of it and do wireless printing. Um, and then it also has a speaker port. So you can hook up a a pair of speakers to the Airport Express and use something called AirTunes, it's on iTunes, and send music wirelessly to that Airport Express. So that's something to think about as well. And also if you have like a giant house or you want to extend the range, a lot of people will buy uh, the Airport Extreme base station and then an Airport Express to kind of carry the signal further using something called bridging, which is built into the software.
0: Right. Right. So anyway, th- those are some of the differences, and hopefully, you'll find one of those two that work for you. Uh, for me, it was an absolutely re- it was an absolute requirement that I had something with uh, Ethernet ports in the back of mine. I definitely wanted to be able to use my router as also a a little bit of a hub action going on there.
1: Yeah, I, I had a hub at home. the, the way I, The way mine's connected, I have a DSL line going into my hub. My hub feeding my Xbox and PS3 and Apple TV, and then the last online feeding the wireless
0: yep. to
1: the rest of the house. So,
0: very very cool. So that should answer his question. Let's move on to uh, let's see here. Alaska Brad, he called in twice. He uh, <laughs> he has uh, he wants to talk about his new favorite iPhone application.
4: Cool. Hi Cliff. Hi Chris. This is Alaska Brad calling in for the help. I've got a Mac. Podcast guys, I just wanted to share with you an application that I picked up here about a month ago that I have really fallen in love with, and it's called TouchType. Uh, you can look, you can find it, of course, in the App Store. It's ninety nine cents, but they've just recently updated it, and uh, it's better than any other app that I have, pretty much. Uh, I'll get to the the update in just a second. What it does in a nutshell is it turns your email into a landscape typing mode. So you open a new email, you quit out, you go to touch type, you type out your email in landscape mode, makes it so much easier for typing, and then you just hit send and it sends it to that email and you can add, uh, you know, the person you're sending the email to, and send it off, and it works really well. But with the most recent update, they've added Twitter. So now I can update Twitter in landscape mode, type out really quickly, and just send uh, a, a tweet out really quickly. The only downside that I see, and it may be fixable in a future update, is the fact that it doesn't have a character count. So you have to uh, either count or just be judicious about your tweets. Uh, I'm going
0: to go ahead and stop him there and play his second message because uh, he answers his own question.
4: Hey, Cliff. Hey, Chris. It's Alaska Brad again for Help I Got a <laughs> Mac. Uh, touch type part two, part duh. On the App Store, it's actually called spellcheck slash touch type, but... Uh, with my concern with uh, Twitter updating and the fact that it doesn't give you a character count, I noticed that as you start typing, the characters are blue. And I think when you get past the 140 mark, it turns black. So you know, I went over and tried to update, and it says I couldn't update. So I backed off and... and backed off enough characters to where it turned blue and updated, and it updated right to Twitter. So there is a function in there. It just doesn't give you a character count. It just the characters are blue until you go over the character allotment, which is the 140 for Twitter, and uh, then it turns black. So there's a fix. And I didn't, even, I didn't even have to download anything. It's awesome. Love touch type. Anyways, take care. God bless.
0: All right, Alaska Brad. Thank you so much for your feedback. Have you used that one, Chris? I have not used it. I hear a lot of people really enjoy it. For me, mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of landscape typing um, and not a big fan of the wider keyboard. It, it 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 messes up my mind because not all the other programs allow you to do landscape. And so I, I kind of got to either get used to one or the other.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of got like muscle memory on where everything is now.
0: That's exactly what I'm thinking. And of course I, I refuse to type a whole lot on my iPhone until they get rid of the um until they give us the ability to disable the um auto correction. Rumor has it it's coming. Yep, I know. Hopefully by the time we record our next episode. That would be sweet. That would be sweet. And uh, just an update here the GSPN.tv application, people are loving it we they are loving it in fact we have 10 reviews in itunes uh from folks and they're all five star itunes reviews thank you for everybody who did that for us uh and i'm gonna just ask you to if you haven't done so yet go ahead and go to itunes do a search for gspn or gspn.tv either one and please leave leave us a five star review on on the application and uh that definitely will be quite helpful because uh You know, it just it just tells people that there's a there's a community behind this content here. It's not just a guy out here just uh, spouting at the mouth with a lot of podcasts. Yeah. All righty. So anyway, uh, what else do you have? You you have some more feedback that you have or let's see here. Where do we want to go next? We have Fred from Long Island. You want to do Fred next? Sure. All right. Let's do Fred.
5: Hi there, it's Fred from Long Island, and I'm calling for help. I got a Mac. I wanted to give you an update on my dad's uh, purchase of an iMac a few months back. And uh, just as a reminder, my dad is in his mid-60s. He was a Windows person who had been uh, repeatedly threatening to switch to the Mac. And his friends, uh, some of his friends, have been encouraging him to do so as well. And uh, a few months in now he has essentially abandoned his PC on his desk. As a matter of fact, his next uh, chore for me to do with his computers uh, would be to gather the data from his PC and transfer it over to his Mac, uh, mostly his email and things like that. Um, so he's pretty well adjusted. Um, he's He's got some websites that he goes to with audio uh, enabled and we figured out his audio plugins and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think probably his one complaint is with the keyboard that comes with the iMac, uh, the, the flat keyboard. He would really rather have the older style keyboard with the raised keys, and uh, he's going to be looking for that. But do you have any suggestions as far as uh, you know a particular place or model number or whatever keyboard to get if you want that the raised keys uh, keyboard like you would get on a 101 key pc keyboard except of course with the mac keys on it. Okay, thanks guys. I'm still uh, listening in. Uh not fully a Mac switcher myself, but I still have that old Powerbook that I'm using, so always love to hear your tips. Okay, talk to you soon.
0: Powerbook, what's that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that wasn't nice. No,
0: I sir- I mean I say that jokingly, but I mean it was before my Mac days. Yeah is that Um, is that like a is it is it the laptop before the macbook
1: it is okay it's
0: yeah okay i mean yeah you know what i'm saying i wasn't like mocking him i was like (laughs) it's like what is that
1: yeah Uh, now as far as keyboards uh a company called mac alley makes makes good normal
0: keyboards normal keyboards Uh, mac alley is that mac com? It's
1: no. M-A-C-A-L-L-Y. Their are sites down right now, but they do sell them on uh, sites like Amazon. You can always get Logitech. Logitech will generally put both symbols on the keys. Okay. So.
0: Very cool. And if anybody else has a favorite keyboard that they like, just do us a favor. Go to gspn.tv slash forum. Go to the Help I Got a Mac section, and you will see a uh, note in here. It says Help I Got a Mac Episode 52 Show Notes. And you can go right in there and answer, you know, put a link to your favorite Mac keyboard that maybe you use. That would Mm -hmm. be very helpful to Fred and Fred's father. Anyway, um, I'll tell you what, that ends our voicemails. I do have uh, some things that I pulled out of the forum here this past week. And the first one comes from Chris K. It says As I was chatting with a friend in Yahoo tonight and watching a video podcast, my screen went all funky. For those of you who played NES, my screen kind of looked like when you used to insert a cartridge but didn't get it in all the way and those vertical lines on the screen. I sure hope someone remembers this. Uh, Laugh out loud. I got a, let's see here. I got pink and white vertical lines across the whole screen on mine and nothing could be typed. So I rebooted and got the same thing and there was a block around the Apple logo on the boot up screen. It takes forever to boot, and then it goes to a light blue screen, uh, the, to the light blue screen that you get before the desktop, uh, and it just it just stays there. So I called Apple, and I've got, let's see, and I have nothing but rave reviews for their technical support. They answered within two minutes, and when they had to put me on hold uh, to look things up, I was on hold for about three to five minutes max, and they always apologized profusely for the long wait. Uh, which was to me not long at all. The long and short of it is, the only way I could ever get back to the desktop was going to into safe mode and the lines were still there. The guy says it sounds like a bad graphics card, which kind of makes sense. And he made an appointment for me for the Apple Store. Uh, I'm glad that it's all what it's all still well within the warranty period. hasn't even been 30 days. and I'm going to be buying Apple Care too. I'm using my old PC. This is, uh, this is making me really appreciate my Mac. I'm not upset with Apple or anything. Sometimes new parts go bad, and that's why they have warranties. My brother had a similar thing with a Blu-ray drive on his new PC. That's all. Just wanted to update everybody on this. At least I, uh, at least I can still be online. Uh, and then he says, singing, always look on the bright side of life. Now, for... <laughs> For those of you guys who don't know, Chris is a brand new Mac switcher, and uh, he just bought this Mac just weeks ago, and so he's, he's uh, experienced some problems, but it sounds to me like Apple's taking good care of him, and of course, he's going to keep us updated in the forum.
1: Yep. Yeah, anytime you have a problem like that, take it back.
0: Yep, they'll take care of you. All right, from Josh Thompson, he says, hey, Cliff and Chris, how are you guys doing? I love the show and I have a couple quick questions. Number 1, I'm new to Flickr and was wondering if there's any way to upload photos directly from my iPhone to the Flickr website. Chris, do you have anything like that? Uh, no. Okay. I do know that I I kind of came back with a couple suggestions as far as that goes. If anybody is aware of some Flickr applications, some upload applications for Flickr. Go to Help I Got a Mac. Look for Help I Got a Mac episode number fifty-two in the forum, and and respond with some links to maybe some that you use. Uh, but I I do know that there are a lot out there. The only thing is there a lot of them are paid for applications to be able to have the ability to upload to Flickr, and it was just never that important to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't have any other answer. He also says I have the iRecorder or iPro Recorder application for the iPhone. Uh, You are able to email recordings and was curious if this would be an acceptable way to send in questions or comments to you guys. The sound quality is awesome. And the answer to that question is absolutely yes. You can always use those programs. And if it says it'll email it to us, by all means, email us feedback at gspn.tv. And you know what? I was wrong. We still have two more voicemails left. Do it. Well, before we do, let's read this last email I got or message from the forum that I got from Chris K. Hey, Cliff. Okay, maybe not a whole show, but I would find it interesting in one show if you guys explained what it is about Macs that make viruses virtually non-existent on them. Besides the fact that there are more Windows machines and it makes them a whole much bigger target. I love hearing about how things work and I think that people would be interested in hearing about this. Let's talk about that real quick. Sure. So uh, obviously, the fact is, is if you're a virus writer and and I know he says outside of this, but if you're a virus writer and you wanted to uh, infiltrate as many systems as possible, you want to go for a bigger target. And so if only a very small percentage of people use a certain operating system, it doesn't make sense to write a virus for that system. Right. That that's the short part of it. Now, yes. the thing is is that there are some other things uh that are different about the Mac. Number one is the security and the uh, some of the the built-in security, such as you can't really install anything that modifies your system without entering your password. right. And I noticed recently uh, whenever you download like a disk image or something like that, and you double click on it, it says, "Hey." This program was downloaded from the internet. Are you sure that you trust its source? And so th- there are some things like that. Now, on the Windows machine, it's not always that easy. And
1: you no have- yeah, it yeah, there's a lot of chances where it'll, it'll automatically, uh, you know, install things. And now, this um, is really kind of changed that with the, the user control and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you don't see it. On Vista, as much I really can't, you know, speak as an authority on it, just because you know I don't have one. Uh, but yeah, that that's really the main reason why you don't see a whole lot of viruses and stuff. And that it, you know, the fact that not everybody uses a Mac is a huge reason why you don't see a lot of those. But also, we've got to kind of that walled garden around where you know it does take someone's intervention of typing in their password or hitting you know okay or whatever in order for it to go to go beyond that
0: yeah and also in internet explorer they have actus active x controls and stuff like that where they where these virus writers can really use a lot of social engineering to mm-hmm. to create diff you know the, the buttons and stuff and and they can really entice you to push buttons that you otherwise really wouldn't have if you really thought about it uh
1: yeah those ones that look like uh that look like you know windows button you know windows dialog boxes and stuff
0: yep and and basically it's like and of course you've got these things where it says hey you've got spyware on your system click here to erase it and it's like okay we're going to install our anti spyware software click make sure that when it pops up that you click trust this site and all this other stuff and and it's a little bit of social engineering a lot of that stuff really doesn't get by on the mac side even if they were to write it 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 seemingly uh has some things there the other thing is is if you're running your mac behind um if you happen to be running your mac behind a firewall or your pc behind a firewall honestly that's going to really help you quite a bit as well and by a firewall mm-hmm. i i simply mean like a hardware router has uh what they call a nat firewall in it and that keeps out a lot of stuff yeah so i it's it, it really is i think that the i think the fact that pcs are a bigger target is really the biggest excuse but there are some other things that, now the thing is is that you know you still want to be cautious of emails now uh, i had an email give you a perfect example of this i had an email come in from a friend of mine who i trust immensely and he sent me a file that he says hey cliff you know you were talking about parallel parking in one of your uh, email or in one of your recent podcast episodes i thought you might get a kick out of this video and he gave me a, uh in there was an attachment an email attachment to this and it was an asf file and I have never seen an ASF file, but it turns out yeah. it's just a simple video file. And I, Yeah, it's
1: a container file for uh, streaming content for, for Windows Media.
0: Yep. And so I emailed him back and I said, hey, you know, I, I, I apologize. I've not seen this file format. just wanted to know if you can tell me what kind of file am I opening here. And he emailed me back. Oh, he, goes, he says it's a video file. It'll just stream a, a video for you. And I said, okay. And so I clicked on it. But see, I never download those things just, you know, whenever I see an extension I don't know, even if it's from somebody I know, I don't open it unless I confirm that they meant to send it to me and they can tell me exactly what it is. Yeah. Very cool. All right. (laughs) So, let's move on to Ed Davis from South Carolina.
1: Do it.
3: Well, this is Ed Davis from South Carolina, I just wanted to say congratulations. Perseverance uh, wins out, and I'm so glad you got your application um, in the App Store. That's awesome. I've already downloaded it. As soon as we get back to the office, I'm going to write a glowing review for you. Um, I hope all of this uh, works out for you, and you get many, many, many new uh, GSTM Plus numbers. Again, congratulations, and we'll be talking to you soon.
0: Thank you so much, Ed. You know, the one thing they did, um, and, and did I mention this last week, the fact that when they released it uh, just last week or the week before or whenever it was, I can't remember now, but uh, when they released it, they released it with a release date of August something 2008. Oh, did they really? So it didn't ever make it on the front page of the entertainment category. So, so
1: I, I blame I blame Victor Wong.
0: Victor Wong, no doubt. So I emailed Apple and to see if I can appeal their release date, and not to release it when they released it, but to actually change it to like whatever day it is when they actually make the decision. So anyway, all right, we oh have well. we have one more uh, feedback, and this comes from Thomas Flight. Here we go.
6: Hey Cliff and Chris, this is Thomas Flight from. NetAger.com, that's N-E-T-A-G-E-R.com. I'm a brand new Plus member, yay! This is my first feedback. I'm calling in for the Help, I Got a Mac podcast. Okay, so I have an iPhone, iPod Touch application, for, uh, application review for you guys, so here it is. This application is called... Ambience and basically what ambience does he adds some sound effects. Lets you play these soundscapes (laughs) of different things like rain. So if you've ever, I know Cliffs has recorded some uh, rain falling and and I think he got Chef Mark to record a subway uh, track for him. And this has both of these, so like you could turn on the subway track and it would play this track of the subway and then you could set a timer and in essence fall asleep to that. So it's really cool they have all kinds of like sailboat and river and rain with thunder and rain on a tin roof and a rain on a porch roof and rain on a car with and without wipers. They have <laughs> owls and white noise and violet noise and pink and blue and Man. brown noise, whatever those are. And they they just have a real a lot of great sounds. I think it's like somewhere close to 50 sounds that you can choose from some weird ones like snoring too i don't know why you'd want to uh listen to snoring but
0: Uh uh-oh what happened to him oh wait he's coming back i think i think there was just a a glitch in his audio
6: it's a weird sound it's a really great application to pick up it's only 99 cents so again very cheap and it has a lot of great features like if you don't use some of the sounds, and you're running low on space on your iPhone or iPod, then you can delete some of the sounds, kind of lessen the footprint of the application. And the developers like constantly pushing out new updates, so it's I'm, I'm constantly checking to see if there's any new ambient sounds available. My favorite sound is the rain with thunder, and I also like the rain in the car. I love the sound of rain because I hear have a little fascination with storms, kind of like a cliff. So, yeah, that's a great application. I would definitely pick it up if you ever find yourself uh, needing to fall asleep or relax to some neat sounds of rain or subway or whatever. (laughs) Hey, that's about it. Thanks, guys. Great show. Keep it up. Bye.
0: Alright, Thomas, thank you so much That that area where he was, it was silent for just a moment He was actually trying to play one of the sound effects And for some reason oh, it okay. didn't get dropped in there But anyway, uh, that was a great review Ambience is the name of the application In the chat room, they're asking what the name of his site was I think it was Netager And I'll have him spell it again for you
6: Hey, Cliff and Chris This is Thomas Flight from Netager.com That's N-E-T-A-G-E-R.com
0: There you go And so, uh, Thomas, thank you. Yes.
1: Go ahead. I was going to say, what's cool about an application like this, I was actually at a a store last night, um, you know, shopping and stuff like that, and I saw a bunch of these alarm clocks that had built-in noises like this, and I don't know, they were like 30, 40 bucks for those things. You know, for 99 cents, you can get that and listen to it to your heart's content.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and and I'm one of those people who I actually enjoy falling asleep to stuff like that. Um, he he referenced the subway uh, sounds. I had Chef Mark actually take his high quality recorder and record like an hour's worth of the subway noises uh, in New York City. And every now and then I'll plug in my iPod and, and earbuds and I'll fall asleep to the sounds of the New York subway.
1: And uh, just a funny side note: I was just on his site. Uh, manager, uh-huh. uses
0: this, uses the share this button. What up? There you go. Absolutely. So very cool stuff, Thomas. Thank you for emailing in. Now in the chat room, there's well, first of all, there's a lot of fun stuff going on in there between you and everybody <laughs> and the and the different colors of noises. We won't go into all of that. <laughs> But uh, before that, somebody asked, "How in the world is it that Thomas's voicemail feedback sounds so clear?" And the reason why is because he sent in an, an MP3 file, so basically he used his own recording equipment or his own recording software to, to record yeah. that feedback and emailed it into us. And w- anybody who has a, an iPhone I really want to strongly encourage you to either grab, well, actually, if you're just doing it for feedback, the iPro recorder application is great, or the iTalk application is also great. Those are two wonderful uh, ways of sending some feedback into our podcast here.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no real real reason to, to buy all this fancy recording gear. I mean, if you want to, Cliff sells it on a site.
0: That's right, uh, podcast, <laughs> podcastanswerman.com. dot <laughs> com.
1: But yeah, I mean, you can record. You can have a pretty good recording using the phone and uh, or, or using something like I use. I use a Plantronics headset. It's about sixty bucks. Just plugs right into my Mac, and I record with Skype. And you know, it. I, I wish. I, I don't know how how old Thomas is. Um, you know, obviously I can tell he's, 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 you know, in his teens or tweens or, you know, around there, 12, 13, 15, whatever. I can't tell anymore.
0: He's in his I yeah, have, he's teens.
1: I would have, I would have killed to have the, 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 the ability to, the, the, you know, to have what, what he has at his fingertips, you know, things like garage band and, and Skype and, you know, just being able to make podcasts. You know, I couldn't do this when I was when I was his age. I couldn't even dream about doing this. You couldn't afford to buy the gear
0: no to doubt. do something
1: like that. And now, you know, if he beca- decided to become a musician, he can record things in his house. It, it's it's just so awesome the tools that are, are available to people now to create things. It's it's so exciting,
0: right? Absolutely. And we, of course, encourage everybody to get involved in all this technology stuff. That's what we're here for. We're here to encourage the use of technology and let it do all it can do to inspire you to become whoever it is you're supposed to become. That's hey, Cliff. Why, that's why we exist. Yes. Yes. Cliff, yes.
1: Can, can, can I plug share this one more time?
0: You go right ahead.
1: Okay. If you have a blog or uh, you like going to websites and sharing things with people, share this dot com lets you do that. You can download a cool uh, browser plugin for IE or, or for Firefox, or you can download our bookmarklet for uh, Safari, Google Chrome, all that stuff. Basically, what it allows you to do is share content from you know sites that you see on the internet. You know, if you go to ESPN.com and you see a story about you know a football player or something, and you want to send it to a friend of yours or post it on Twitter, or post it on your own blog, or put it on Facebook or put it on MySpace. Share this will allow you to do that. So it's pretty cool. And if you're a publisher like Cliff. You can put the button on the bottom of all your posts, and then you can track things. You can find out where people are going and things like that. So it's just really, really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely you share this on all of my blogs, and it allows my people, or allows the people in the community to basically go to any of the episodes that they find online. They click the little button, and they can mm-hmm. post it to their Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Just a couple <laughs> clicks of a button.
1: Yeah, we've got some really, really cool, and, and I know I've been kind of teasing this for a while. we got some really, really cool stuff coming out here soon, and I I can't talk about it yet, but hopefully I'll be able to, to, uh, to show you here soon, and uh, it's going to be awesome.
0: Awesome stuff. Well, folks, that is episode, what, 52? It of, is. Of Help I Got a Mac. We want to say getting, thank you. We're getting close to getting
1: the AARP discount.
0: That's correct, man. We're going to
1: start going uh, Golden
0: Kraut 430. There we go. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed this buffet of goodness here. Uh, We want to encourage you to give us a call. Area code 859-795-4067. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Or email us feedback at gspn.tv. See ya.